So there is a lot of um, discrimination and resentment in the game of football and sports in general. But since uh, football is the most important sport in Europe, uh, this is our focus of the conference. So um, we have millions of people going in the stadium every weekend. Um, solely in Germany, we have 80,000 football matches every weekend so in amateur sport, in professional sport. Many people coming together. So it's really a societal place um, without another example. So this is really good place where a lot of people coming together, meeting, and of course, the people don't forget their politics at home, so they bring their political opinions and, and their worldview into the stadium on the football pitch. Those kinds of um, discrimination, this kind of behavior, how we can um, observe it in the stadium and how we can explain and understand it, or at least we try to um, understand this kind of behavior. Um, I see that you're covering everything from the UK, Brazil, Iran. Explain that to us. Yeah, I think it's always the same explanation at the beginning or um, at the beginning when we try to understand why we can observe discrimination in the stadium. It is because the stadium is a meeting point for the different groups of the society, or at least for many groups from the society. And so where we have anti-Semitism in the society, um, we have anti-Semitism in the stadium and vice versa. Where we have neo-Nazi groups in a city, in a town, um, wherever that is in the world, we will have them probably as well in the stadium because this is some public space where the media is present. Um, we have um, other people there. So this is a spot to um, express ourselves, our political opinions in front of a public audience. Um, but at the same time, we have um, group cohesion there. So we have uh, strong self-identification, collective identities. We have um, a game, the football game, which is based on the concept of we and the other. So we have one football team on the one side, another football team on the other side, different colors, different cities, um, different fanzines, and this can be used in a sense of resentment and discrimination. This could also be um, used for coming together, meeting each other, and, and um, showing an, an uh, open, open-minded yes. worldview. But Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I understand that there is this exception that, uh, in, in the United States of anti-racism, um, anti-homophobia, anti-sexism um, activism in, uh, yeah, on the American football scene. Um, mm. Is that something that cannot be replicated in, in Europe? Um, yes, yeah, so we have different um, developments in, in the different countries. Um, for instance, now in 2018, we have the World Cup in Russia. And um, if we go back to the um, Europe um, in 2016, um, we could see a lot of racist behavior in the stadia from fans like the Hungarian fans, the Polish fans, um, and others. So we had really, um, during the discourse among refugees in Europe, 
had a lot of this discourse in the stadia as well. So we had racist banners in the stadia of the Czech Republic, um, in France, and other countries. Um, not so much in Germany, we had more or less um, another picture. We had more banners like Refugees Welcome, which is an exception, I think, in Europe. So we had some of those in, in Austria as well, in different countries. But um, yeah, all this comes really from the fanzines who started in the 1980s with the hooligan scene or and, and other parts of fan culture. But now we have the ultras in, in many stadiums. And at some points, they are more anti-racist. At some points, they have a different view. So we have um, politics and football really all around the globe, in, in Europe, in the U.S., in Israel, in, in Iran. This is really um, something we can observe worldwide. Um, so there is uh, there is some some hope though. Um, there are some ways of tackling um, anti-Semitism, racism, homophobia, um, sexism in, in football. How are you going to explore that uh, that area? Because they are from the Anne Frank House of from Amsterdam, who are working on a project um, with hooligans or football supporters in general, who did chant. Um, anti-Semitic uh, chants in the stadium and now they try to bring them together with um, people from Holocaust survivor families supporting the same club and showing them their cities, the Jewish history of their city and so on. So they try to make an appeal to a common identity as they call it. So this is a very interesting um, pro project I think we try to discuss with Pavel Klimenko from the network football against racism in Europe who are monitoring football matches um, Martin Dipach and Matthias Thoma there from Frankfurt who are working on an educational project about the history of their club Eintracht Frankfurt um, with students on their um, on the club's history um, during the uh, National Socialist era maybe I would like to highlight Specifically on anti-Semitism in Germany, for example, the former trainer and manager of uh, Maccabi Berlin, so a Jewish football team, Jewish sports team from this area, and um, he will tell us about the anti-Semitic accidents happened at their matches and how they tried to confront it, and he will be there together with, for example, Sandra Schwedler from the FC St. Pauli from the football club, um, who are doing great work in the area of um, anti-racism in football, fan culture, and football in general. Oh, excellent, Pavel. Thank you very much. So, it's called The Beautiful Game, Identity, Resentment, and Discrimination in Football. And uh, it's at the Center for Research on Antisemitism in Berlin.